0: In this last year, my mother's been living with me, and she's been very ill In the last eight weeks. She's been in the hospital. Then, three months ago, I lost my job, and I just feel like I've hit my max. I can't sleep. I've got Crohn's, and I've got my own set of hard stuff, and I can tell my body's screaming no matter what my faith says.
1: Well, we've all probably felt stressed to the max at some point. And with the current news of the coronavirus on every news channel and social media feed, maybe your stress level is increasing off the charts. So how do you cope at the end of your rope? June Hunt will guide us through this today here on Hope for the Heart. Now a couple of things before we get started. In this phone conversation, the caller mentions domestic violence and sexual abuse. While these experiences are not the focus of the call, we want you to know that they are mentioned. And if you choose, you can listen to a different Hope for the Heart program on our mobile app. Also, this phone conversation was previously recorded before the news of the coronavirus. But the biblical hope and practical help given to this caller can apply to any of us as we look to cope with our current stresses. So now, let's listen to June Hunt.
2: I'd like for us to listen to a call. You'll appreciate this call. I'm just
0: dealing with a lot of stress. A lot of things have been going on. I have a lot of faith and trust Mm -hmm. that things are going to work out, but that's all mentally. My body is totally screaming and saying, you've hit your max.
2: What's been going on that's caused all the stress?
0: It's kind of been a cumulative thing. Mm -hmm. I grew up in an abusive home. I got married and ended up in domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Got out of that. And then in this last year, my mother's been living with me, and she's been very ill in the last eight weeks. She's been in the hospital. Then three months ago, I lost my job, and I just oh. feel like I've hit my max. Physically, I feel like I can't take it, and I just think, Lord, if you just want to take me home, that would really be okay because I've pretty much had enough.
2: Mm. Does her situation look self-imposed? No. Her mother has been living with her very, very ill for quite some time. She's lost her job. Does she have legitimate concerns here? Yes. Because I'm sure she's thinking about how am I going to now without a job do everything I need to do for my mom? What's going on in the inside of her?
3: I don't think she's taking
0: time for herself at all. I mean, if she was raised in an abusive home and then she went into an abusive marriage, it's obvious that she doesn't know how to take care of herself and get her own needs met. No matter what our external stimuli Mm -hmm. is, that's going to add
2: more and more pressure. Does the past have that much to do with the present? Yes. A person who has been abused as a child, does that child typically feel appropriately powerful enough to do what's needful or why not?
0: They were not powerful, they were not raised to realize that they were powerful enough to protect their own needs.
2: Did they have any control? No. No. You're hearing (laughs) that once again right now she's feeling out of control. As a child she felt out of control, now again she's out of control.
0: Also I think you know when you're abused like that you're made to feel like you're nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So her inability to perhaps even attempt to go get a job and her feelings of incredible inadequacy would create more stress in a situation where there's incredible stress already.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To what extent is she thinking about life? She wants, she wants to die. She doesn't see that there's any hope for her heart. Okay. Your mother's been in the hospital for eight weeks?
0: Yeah, she's been in and out. The longest she's been out has been a month just mm. been one problem after
2: another oh i'm so sorry have you been close to her
0: god restored that relationship so i'd say in the last probably six years yeah mm. it, it's just a whole nother relationship compared to what i grew up with mm. but you know so i'm primarily costly. the caretaker for her and it's just the stress
2: of trying to handle all of that does she stay with you yeah bless your heart that's almost a full-time job right there You said that three months ago you lost your job. Mm -hmm. Have you had any prospects of employment?
0: I can't sleep. Nothing's opened up yet. And maybe the Lord's given me this time that I get to be with her some more and things like that. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, just physically. I've got Crohn's and I've got my own set of hard stuff. And I can tell my body's screaming no matter what my faith says. Mm -hmm. So I know that underlying there's still a lot of stress going on. Mm
2: -hmm. Underlying. What does that mean? He's
0: internalizing everything.
2: Uh, what we're hearing is these specific circumstances, but there's still stuff underlying.
3: She said she had her own set of problems she's not dealing with because she's taking care of yeah. her, her mom and everything else.
2: Crohn's disease is immensely challenging. Yes. I was going to say, being one who dealt with gastrointestinal problems... Uh, When I didn't know how to deal with stress, I took it and I internalized it, Mm -hmm. which every time a stressful situation came up, my stomach would just do backflips. It would be so painful. And I was like, okay, God, I need someone who I can talk to. Because right now it sounds like she doesn't have anybody Mm -hmm. that she can express her concerns with or, you know, a shoulder to cry on, you know. And you hit the point here when you say gastrointestinal as opposed to a broken leg, which is real obvious, and you go, oh, bless your heart. It's kind of like an invisible handicap for a period of time. How much compassion do people have when they can't see that there's a problem? They don't understand. Well, come on, why don't you get with the program? Come on, be a part of everything when you physically cannot. You physically cannot. Because of placing this call, what were you hoping to be able to hear or receive? Just to be able to feel like there's
0: more of a purpose than just all of this struggling, all of this turmoil going on inside, that that could settle down.
2: Well, first of all, I'm glad you called. I appreciate hearing the growth that has taken place in your life when there has been abuse in childhood. There aren't proper boundaries, and a person then is more set up for being abused in adulthood. Many people stay stuck. It's like, this is me, and this is how it's going to be forever. While you got into a relationship where there was domestic violence, you learned that God did not create you to be a punching bag. Mm -hmm. Why did I go back to the past as opposed to just dealing with her present Because one, if she don't deal with the past first, she can't go forward. Mm. Many people have no clue how important the past is to look at. I know this personally, where I responded certain ways in my home because I had no choice. We were not allowed to voice an objection, not allowed to have any type of anger at wrongdoing because my dad would take things out on my mom if I did something wrong. And so, as a result, I didn't learn how to confront anybody. But it was all based on the past. I didn't feel I had the right to take a stand because I didn't as a child. That's all I had, yes.
0: One thing I noticed that you do really well, June, is you're reframing her past. You're reminding her that she did make it through those times and that she has learned some things, even though it's been very difficult. Mm I hear a lot of affirmation when you do that. You're pointing out some positive things, even though it's easy to look at it in a real negative way.
2: Thank you very much. I think it's very important many times to repeat back what somebody says because it confirms that you're hearing. But it also helps them feel like we care. She has survived in terms of, she didn't just give in, and say, oh, okay, well, whatever, you know, abuse, okay, my mom can forget it, you know, whatever the issues are. She's seeking to be responsible, but she's been met with some situations right now. She, she just doesn't see how she can make it. Okay. Spiritually, do you feel that through the trials, you have grown closer to the Lord?
0: Up until this last patch, yes. But I guess I'm just feeling frustrated, and it's like, I know you have a call on my life, Lord. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that I'm being able to minister
2: to other people very much because I'm so caught up in all this junk, and plus I just physically feel so lousy. It is not just stress, but I'm hearing distress. At times we can feel that life is out of control. It's like, wow, I've got more on me. I can't handle it all. Yet, God, when you've asked Him to come into your life, first of all, you're not alone because He's going to be in you 100% of the time, 24-7. God, at times, allows stress in our lives to bless our lives in that the pressure presses us closer to Him. So it causes us to allow Christ to be our strength. Have you been the kind of person who has been very responsible, very much in control, who can accomplish a lot, organized, maybe perfectionistic? Yeah, that would fit mm-hmm. real well. Mm-hmm. I thought that that could be the case.
1: You're listening to June Hunt and Hope for the Heart. Well, I'm pretty sure most of us don't think of stress as a blessing. But we're learning it can bring us closer to God. More resources about overcoming stress can be found at hopefortheheart.org. Now let's get right back to June as she guides us through this caller's struggle with stress. And remember, this call is pre-recorded.
2: Why did I think that she might be a perfectionist? That she would be a can-do person to fix things? Yes. Because when you don't have control of your external things, you can have control over what you do or don't do. How good does it feel when you're a child if you're being abused, whether it's sexually, physically, verbally? It feels horrible. Does a child have the ability to withstand that? I mean... Can you take parents on? I was just going to say, if she was so perfectionistic,
0: it might be that she's trying to win their approval. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this right, and then I'll win not only my parents' (laughs) approval, but my boss's approval. So not only control issues also, but I'm going to make them like me because they don't, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it.
2: I find that... Those who have been abused, oddly enough, you know, some people say, oh, well, they're just going to be often the dredges of life. Now, typically, they're actually very responsible. But the problem can be you can get performance-based acceptance living. I'm accepted only based on how I perform. Now, we don't know for sure that that's where she is, but for sure, if she's a perfectionist, that's typically the sign they prioritize having to have everything perfectly or they feel really badly about themselves. It's not a prideful thing in terms of ego, ego. It's seeing that this is how I get a need met. We realize so many times, these things go on and it is survival. And it comes from victimization. I'm not a psychic, I have no crystal ball, it works, but let me just make an observation from a number of people who have pain from past abuse. Children don't have control if an adult or an older person is abusive, whether it's sexually or violently. But it feels bad. feels real bad. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. Was yours sexual? Yeah. Okay. Children, they don't have control over their circumstances. That's why they are dependent. But later on, it's like, wait a minute, you know, I hate being out of control. So, what's the solution? The solution is to be in control. Uh-huh. What I have found is, typically, there's no group of people that would be considered better workers than those who have been victimized as children. Right. They are in control. They know what it's like to be out of control, and that's why they have a commitment to do everything well, to work hard, to get everything right. The plus is boy, things can get done real well. The minus is so often this sense of value is based on what they do. Right. Not who they are on the inside of their hearts. Consequently, when things start careening, like you have no control over your mother's illness, Mm -hmm. often people lose jobs, and it's not because they were acting like Attila the Hun. Right. What I'm hearing you say is, I know in my head I can say the right things, but I'm feeling I've got this tremendous stress that has actually turned into distress. All right. Do you think she has a heart for the Lord? Yes. Yeah. When you know someone has a sensitivity toward the Word of God, sometimes they need something to hang on to. So what scriptures can you think of would be a help to her? Yes.
3: One of the ones that has helped me and still helping me to walk along the way is Psalms 139, Mm -hmm. that God knows those thoughts. He knows those feelings. He knows everything about us.
2: That's the beginning of Psalm 139. You know everything. When I rise, Psalm 139, I think that's the most intimate and personal of all the 150 Psalms. Very endearing. Yes. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 11 mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29 11 I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future excellent excellent Yes.
0: 2 Corinthians 1
3: talking about the Father of compassion the God of all comfort who mm-hmm. comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God
2: that's a very interesting passage what that's saying is look whatever you're going through, it's not wasted. Because when you are yielded to the Lord and you let Him be your comforter, you're going to turn around and be able to comfort others with the same comfort that you receive from God. That's 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. I want you to focus on a wonderful scripture that can be beneficial to you. It's 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. God says to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul was talking about how he had this thorn in his flesh, and he prayed three times, and it wasn't removed. So what God is telling him is, look, I'm not removing this physical malady because I want you to know that my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So then Paul comes back and says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I'll have to admit, my natural inclination is not to say, Oh, I delight in my weakness. (laughs) Oh, this is just wonderful. What a delight to be insulted. I just love these hardships. (laughs) Paul is not stupid, and he's not unrealistic. Paul was an orator, a real can-do man. He had incredible zeal, and he could motivate people, just all kinds of pluses. Well, now he's come up with this malady, nothing he can do about it. He's prayed, but God said basically no. I think his delight was not, oh great, I love being weak. Nobody loves that. It's, I can truly take delight in knowing that I don't have to be in control of everything. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have all the power. It's going to be your power through me. It's your power in me. I can delight that I have your strength. It's when I am weak, you are strong. If you could do everything would you need God? No. I wouldn't either. Just before starting the radio program, I said, Lord, this is your program. May I have your heart, your words. I don't want to be dependent on me. Obviously, this is a tough time. How I wish, you know, I would love to come and rescue you. and Yet, I can say, thank God that you are an authentic Christian. As you say, Lord, I can't do this. Then he says, I know you can't, but I can. I can do all things. And then you can come back and say, well, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Right. Who gives me strength. Do you think she's getting it? Sometimes people just need to hear the truth. They need to be reminded of the truth. Have there ever been times when someone shares something with you and it's like, yes, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Has this situation that she's in seemingly insurmountable? Has this caught God by surprise? No. Sometimes we think, God, where were you? Same place He was when the Lord Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, and He has compassion, like in Paul's situation. Paul was facing death. I mean, this is a situation where he did die for his faith. Was he defeated? No, totally victorious What happens is we see those who have gone through extraordinary pain And people look, they go How is she going to respond? How is he taking this? That's your greatest opportunity for a showcase Do you understand what I'm saying? That is your greatest opportunity for a platform Not sought by you But I can tell you for sure People will watch Last part of the call when you start talking, I flip back to a time, two and a half years within the ministry, Hope for the Heart. There were a lot of things that started happening that were painful to me. And the person I was relying on the most had left, and I was feeling rejected. And, and I was having to do this incredible work. And I would wake up every morning at four in the morning, having stayed up already till about one anyway. And it was anxiety. I didn't even know it was anxiety. I never thought about it. Never had anxiety. There was just too much to do. I couldn't handle it all. Then I finally began to just say, wait a minute. God knows where I am. He knows the stress. And that was it. I was feeling distress. Mm-hmm. And Psalm eighteen six says, in my distress, I called to God. I cried to my God for help. Yeah. This is what he wants us to do. Yeah. In my distress, I called to God. I cried to my God help, and it's my God, and it's your God. Just take to heart that Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Are you right now in distress? I realize that there will be some people right now who literally have distress. It's not stress. It's distress. Psalm 18.6. In my distress, I called to God. I cried to my God. Notice, my God for help. And when you cry out to him, does he hear? Yes. Yes. Does he know how to sustain you? Yes. Yes. That's then our walk of faith.
1: June Hunt with some very encouraging faith lessons here on Hope for the Heart. June will be back to share a personal story in just a moment. For more resources about coping with stress, go to hopefortheheart.org or call 800-488-HOPE. Our Hope Care Center can pray with you and help you find biblical and practical resources. That number again is 800-488-4673. Now here's June sharing from her own journey.
2: As I talk with people about the pressures of life, I often hear how their stress is increasing and they feel like they could break at any moment. I remember times like this in my life. At one point, when our ministry, Hope for the Heart, was in its infancy, it was beyond my ability to accomplish everything on the daily to-do lists. And during this time, I was also carrying around the wounds from a personal betrayal. By God's grace, it was at this point that I began to meditate on a poignant verse. Deuteronomy 31.8 The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I promise you, it is possible to be at peace during your times of deepest stress when your focus is on the Lord. He knows how to use the stress in your life to bless your life.
1: Now that's a hopeful message, and it always comes back to keeping our focus on Christ. You can help share this message with others and encourage them with God's hope. One way to do this is to share this program with them through our mobile app. And here's Eric
3: to tell you about another way. Funny pets, interviews with celebrities, inspirational stories, all things that many of us watch online. Think about this. Every day, more than 13 billion videos are seen online. Many watching are millennials, and many are searching for answers about life. With your help, we can bring videos to the Internet that give biblical hope and practical help. Videos that can help someone like your best friend, your brother or sister, or your children to see themselves as God sees them. You can be part of transforming lives through your prayers, gifts, and willingness to live beyond yourself. Winston Churchill once wisely observed, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Give life and give hope in 2020 with a generous one-time gift or a monthly recurring gift. Just take out your phone and go to hopefortheheart.org. No one should suffer alone. Give it hopefortheheart.org.
1: Biblical hope and practical help are definitely needed in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. That website again to give is hopefortheheart.org. For June Hunt, I'm Joe Wolf. We encourage you to make the choice to trust God each day. Remember, he is the one who is in control of all things. And we invite you to meet us back here tomorrow for more Hope for the Heart.